Hi, my name is Gabrielle McElroy. Welcome to Lit Crit Podcast. I'm so excited to have you listening in. Welcome back to Lit Crit Podcast. Welcome to week three, episode three. Um, I am so excited to have everybody listening in today. I can't wait to discuss the book with you. So let's jump right in. Hi everyone, welcome back to Lit Crit Podcast. This has been kind of a crazy week for me, so obviously we're a day late. Normally I upload on Saturday. Um, Today I'm going to be uploading or recording, I guess, Sunday, and then maybe I'll upload tomorrow. I haven't really decided, but it's been a crazy week for me. I just moved in um, to my new apartment, so it's been a little hectic, so I haven't really had time to sit down and record, which has been kind of sad, but I'm excited to sit down. I'm excited to talk about our book. And I can't wait to get started. So we'll we'll jump right in. I hope everybody is doing well. If you have any book suggestions, anything that you think I should read, remember to DM me at lit.crit.podcast on our Instagram. Um, also, let me shout out 80 followers. It's amazing. You guys are amazing. The books, the bookstagram community absolutely adore you with all of my heart. So this week we will be talking about the maidens it's by alex michelvis i think that's how you say his name he wrote the silent patient and so that did really really well for him it was an interesting read i've heard i never read it but it's definitely like on the more interesting side of things i'm a little skeptical about reading it but I really did like the maidens so I'm interested and he actually kind of had a nod to the maidens like like in the maidens like he had a nod to the silent patient and so it was definitely interesting this book is a little bit more complex um important thing to note this book is not YA this book is definitely um dark this book definitely has a lot of layers and so I think it's important to keep that in mind because you know you're not getting YA this is like full-on like adult fiction um so that's like a good thing to note. Um, I'm trying to think of what else about this book. So we'll jump right into the author. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so let's start on our author. So I was doing a little bit of research about him actually before I wanted to like bring the book to you guys as I always do. So obviously he wrote The Silent Patient and it like broke record sales. So basically he's revisiting that same narrative I guess for the maidens so it's definitely interesting and he did like an interview with entertainment weekly and he talks about like writing and like his experience especially like writing kind of the darker more horror style films uh not films but books but he did used to write films he did used to write films he was a screenplay writer for a little And so that's kind of what he worked in for a while, but it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't pick up for him, unfortunately, but he transferred to writing literature and he like has had success in that field, which is super good. So we'll jump kind of into what the book's about. So, or actually before we jump in, I want to talk about the cover, the cover of this book. Interesting. It definitely gives me those like murder mystery vibes and with the statue for this book being inspired by like tragedy was definitely very interesting um it's definitely a different book I don't think it's pretty like I don't think the cover like is traditionally pretty but it's definitely like it makes you question like oh what is this book about so it's definitely very different so now let's jump in to the literature of it all so this novel 
is inspired, in my opinion, by the story of Hades, Persephone, and Demeter. Um, that's kind of what I got from it. And I'll kind of like discuss that later on during like later down the line. But basically, this book follows the story of a girl named Mariana and she's a psychologist and she works as like a group therapist basically and she's just lost her husband and he was like the love of her life and you know she like has is like working through this grief which is interesting because she's a psychologist so she's like trying to like diagnose herself as we're reading which I thought was very interesting but she's a psychologist and she has a niece that goes to Cambridge University which is where her and her husband also went that's where they went actually they went to Cambridge as well and she gets a phone call from her niece and like she believes that there like is a murder that she believes there's a murder that's happened her best friend has gone missing and she believes like there's a murder that's happened so mariana gets on the train to go like visit her and make sure that like everything's okay and then obviously we find out there is a murder that her best friend has been unfortunately like killed by an unknown individual and it's about her kind of solving it and trying to figure out who who did it so now to kind of jump into it all I'm not gonna get super deep into this because I feel like this was a darker read and so I don't want to like really like dive super deep into it all and I think the way the book's read and written as well that I feel like if I really discussed it I feel like I'd be like giving away things so I'm kind of keep it very like surface like definitely go into depth talk about my favorite quotes talk about the plot line talk about the characters but I'm just gonna try to keep like the mystery itself wrapped up so when you guys read it or if you have read it you can dm me and we can discuss it at my instagram which is lit.crit.podcast we can discuss but <laughs> basically I am just gonna kind of like skim over some of the more like developed parts of the book we'll say quote unquote developed so I guess let's start with the questions that I had while reading the book so I kept like a running list of questions that I had because I was like reading this and I was like I just like need to keep track because I was like there's so much going on so basically these are like my initial questions so Zoe is a character which is the niece she like threw me off so I thought like her and Professor Fosca like had a relationship from the beginning. I was like, there's something wrong. Like I was like, this chick, like they have a relationship, like that something weird is happening. Like I didn't trust her as a character. So then we have Fosca and my next question. So Fosca is the professor. He's like the Greek tragedy professor and he's like very like, you know, well off and he's like very like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm like looking for the keyword here. I feel like very like privileged in this book. Like he's a very privileged, very entitled individual. I mean, he's an American, he's teaching at Cambridge University. Like it's very high status. And so when we're trying to figure out if the murder like was done by Fosca, because that's kind of where we're at. Like Zoe believes that Fosca was the murderer of her friends because they were in a relationship, which I didn't really believe, but okay, it's fine. I didn't believe that. Tara and him were in a relationship but whatever it's not a big deal it's fine <laughs> it's whatever but I was confused because they bring in Conrad 
which was Tara's boyfriend, and we never, like, hear from him again. Like, we just, like, it was, like, a one-and-done situation. And I just, I felt like at the beginning of the book when we figure out that Bosca, like, is using drugs, like, that's not investigated enough because you, in your head, you're reading it, and you're thinking that, like, Fosca and, like, is, like, the murderer. Like, you feel like he's, like, the main suspect in this book. And so, like, that wasn't looked enough into it, I believe, then we have Julian. Okay, so Julian is like the forensic, like the forensic psychologist on this case. And I didn't like Julian. Like I didn't like his character. Like he seemed like a weirdo to me. And I really couldn't figure out like what role he was playing in this case because I literally felt like our main character, Mariana, was doing all of the like the heavy lifting. So like we would occasionally run into him during the novel and I was like, I literally don't know what you're doing, but like it's fine. Then we have the memorial service for Tara. And the memorial service for Tara, I was confused as to why he had this, like, group of women. Like, he seemed like a leader of a cult to me. Like, I honestly felt like he seemed like a leader of a cult. So, I don't know. I was confused. Like, it was just, like, I couldn't really understand, like, why he was, like, trying to recreate Greek tragedy, like, in his own classroom. Didn't make much sense to me. Um, obviously, like, he believed it was, like a, like, a tutoring group. But, like, at the same time, like no like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that like it, it just seems weird to me so and especially the fact that they were like all like on off campus like it was like not like it was obviously it was on campus but it wasn't like this is a cancer like campus sponsored event and my professor and like all six of us are going to show up to this no it was just like it was weird I don't know I didn't like it so that was weird to me and then oh okay so Sebastian which is the husband that passed I like do not like, I didn't really believe his, like, passing story. Like, I don't know why, but when I was reading it, I was like, something else, like, had to happen. There's, like, more behind, like, his character and his death. Like, we don't know. And so I felt like Mariana was leaving things out about his death. Like, because I felt like there were holes while I was reading it. And obviously, we find out more of that later. Um, then we realized that, like, Tara, unfortunately, is not the only victim. And we learn that, unfortunately, Veronica is killed as well. So we start to learn that there is someone who is, you know, doing this for purposes that we can't understand yet. So obviously, it wasn't just a one and done thing, unfortunately. So then we have the emails that or like the letters that we're reading. So I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but I'm just kind of going through down like what I was thinking while I was reading this. But then we had the emails that we read and they were like, or like the letters, I guess I'm like repeating myself, but I like couldn't figure out who it was because honestly, like when I was reading it, I didn't believe that Fosca was the, was our main suspect. And I just like wrote down, I didn't like believe that it was him. I thought there was somebody else in play because it just seemed too like simple to me. And so that was something that I was like constantly thinking about. I was like, okay, like, Yes, like, things are adding up. Things are pointing to Fosca. But I was like, it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, it is Fosca. So that was something that I thought was kind of interesting to think about while I was reading. And it was interesting that they put those, that Alex put those excerpts in. Because it made the book, like, you're, like, you're trying to solve the murder along with the main character. So I thought that was interesting. So then, these are my initial notes for the book. So, honestly... The book word wise is like a fine wine. Like his writing, like his style is so elegant 
And, like, it leaves you craving more. Like, you're literally, like, reading his book and you're like, wait, like, this is so nice. Like, it's it's so well written. Like, he is a genius with words. He's a genius with sentences. Like, you're sitting there reading it and, like, you're, like, like it's quote after quote after quote that's, like, memorable. Um, so then we have our main character. And this is kind of the notes that I made about her. She's a therapist. And I said this earlier. She's struggling with a classic case of depression and grief from the loss of her husband. And so, like I said kind of earlier, like she's a therapist trying to work through it, which I think is interesting because we don't really like listen to her talk about like going to see somebody, but people that are like needing help come to see her. And like, she's like diagnosing herself and she's like, yeah, I'm depressed. Like I'm sad. Like she's like diagnosing herself, but like not really reaching out and asking for help. So it's, it's interesting. So like, it's her trying to work through it, but like helping other people at the same time. So it was, it was interesting to see like from a different lens. So I thought that was interesting. I also believe that for our main character that she struggles with a classic case of abandonment issues from her father slash mother. Um, her father really wasn't around and basically refused to acknowledge his daughter's presence. And then her mother passed away and was a, like, was basically unable to be there for her during her impressionable and formative years. So she like had no mother, no father. And then when her husband dies, the issue of abandonment is aggravated. So she's just all alone. Like, and it's terrible. And like, I honestly feel like her, like, obviously, like, I'm not going to give away the ending. Like, I'm going to try not to just with this book specifically because there was a lot going on but like I understood like I Sebastian became a much more complex character and a very like I things made sense things made sense with that relationship um so then I thought this is interesting this is a little off topic because we're getting a little off topic as far as like because we've been discussing characters but the author did open up the book with a quote from C.S. Lewis and a few other authors as well so it was interesting to see like the influence like some of those like authors may have had so for instance like C.S. Lewis was in there he talked about like I believe grief and so it was an interesting kind of connected like connection so I was kind of interested to see like how he connected other authors in and their takes um let's see Oh, the niece. So her niece, Zoe, like that was such an emotional connection, like, like kind of bond that she was able to cling to like as her surrogate daughter, basically. And then that just got screwed up. That just got so like, it's got so screwed up. And I just, I, I'm not going to go into it, like I said, but it was just like everything that you thought you knew, you didn't know. And so like for her, like that was basically her daughter and, like, when everything kind of comes out towards the end of the novel, you are left leaving, like, being, like, wait, this is, like, so screwed up. So, that was interesting. Then you have the fact that her husband, Mariana Versol and her, died in a place where her abandonment issues formed slash started in her own home. I thought that was, like, also, like, important important to note so like our main character is really just struggling with like a lot of like mental like health issues and again like that's what I like to talk about when I talk about our characters is like I want to like tell people and like note like hey like there are like characters that are like going through like mental issues but we don't like focus in on them and so she's definitely going through like a classic case of like grief and abandonment and like she's far worse off at the end of the book than she was at the beginning and I just like felt terrible for her like reading a like her like, reading it, like, at the end of the book, like, I just felt terrible for her. Like, it was just, it was such a screwed up situation. And I, like, did not know, like, I, like, I had a hard time reading the end of it because it was just so, like, 
it was just twisted. Like it was just, an, it was just, there was a lot going on. So I just felt bad for her as a character, but she also like offered redemption, which I thought was interesting. Like she made the choice for redemption in her life and to try to move forward. And I can't figure out if that's because she's a therapist or if it was because she genuinely like wanted to like keep what she had like going. And I can't like, I can't like say what it was, but like I, I, I still question that today. Like after reading it, I'm still curious, like if she made the choice because like in her heart, she felt like she had to, or if because as a therapist, she knew she needed to. So it was like, it was an interesting like couple of days trying to like process that. So then let's see, I'm trying to think about what else. Okay, quotable quotes from this book. So obviously, like I said, his writing style is like a fine wine. Like it just like, it was like iconic quote after iconic quote. And so in the very beginning of the book, she talks about like her, like how she felt about her husband. And she talks about love and she said there was so much of it and it was messy, leaking, spilling, tumbling out of her, like stuffing from an old rag doll that was coming apart at the seams. And I was like, like, when I read that quote, like I knew this man like had like a way with words. And then, cause it's true. I mean, like, it's true. Like it just like the way that he's like created this analogy of like stuff and coming out, like, or like it, how it was messy, like how we love people is messy. I was just like, he's like on point with this and like how it just comes out. Like, and it, it doesn't matter. Like it was just, it was just, it was a great quote. And then the next quote that I really liked from this book is like, what a pitiful sight, a man's life reduced to a collection of unwanted items for a jumble junk sale, basically. So jumbles like it's written in Cambridge, it's written in England. So it's like, they're going to use different words, but I was like reading that and I was like, that's so true. Like she's going through the process of grief. And honestly, like, what do you do with people's stuff once it's passed? Like you, you get rid of it. Like you can't store it forever. You know, things get sold, things get put in junk sales and it's so sad. And you just felt like the weight of her grief like you did and it was unfortunate and it was so sad but you felt it and I mean it's relatable because I think we've all been in a place where we're like what like what else do we do like it's like you know we can't hold on to this stuff forever um then she talks about these green shoes that his running shoes and I couldn't figure out what the significance of these shoes were like during the beginning of the book and so she's saying about these green shoes, she says, parting with them would be like an act of self-harm, like pressing a knife to her arm and slicing off a sliver of her skin. And then I wrote, the morbidity of this quote is basically able to fully show how deeply saddened and desperate the character is, but she's also able to communicate that grief in a way that makes sense to the reader. And it kind of shows how tied she was to him, like, you know, mind, body, and soul. Like, she's, like going through this and these green shoes are bringing up memories and obviously we find out that like she knew he was gone when she saw the green shoes like before like she found out that like he had passed she like saw the green shoes you know at the ocean and so she knew that he had like gone into the ocean when he wasn't supposed to so I knew the green shoe played some significance I couldn't figure out what but I did find out later and then the scene where she's in the bar and she's trying to investigate and it says like the lights were off. It was gloomy, shadowy, and Mariana was distracted for a moment by a couple of ghosts kissing by the bar. And I honestly thought that was like, 
it was such an iconic quote because I feel like we've all been in a situation where we've walked in and like we see ourselves like you know it's like it's like the ghosts of our former selves and it's like oh I remember being there I remember sitting there I remember those nights like I remember you know being at that party I remember you know like being with like my friends like I remember being with my boyfriend you know like I just like you remember those things it's like maybe like we're not friends maybe like me and my boyfriend are no longer together but like you just like you walk into a place and like you see it and like those moments hold such significance that you can almost like see like taste like smell like what was like going on at that time and moment so it was like such an interesting quote so like he writes a lot of really great stuff that like you like can visualize and relate to in the sense of like those quotes um I'm trying to think of where I want to go from here so I think as far as the book goes obviously I talked about a little bit in the beginning that it's inspired by the story of Hades Persephone and Demeter and that story so for you guys that don't know basically the story of Hades and Persephone is an account is like basically like this iconic story throughout Greek mythology and it's basically transcended like and developed as the years have gone on but and there's a lot of different versions but basically the most straightforward and I feel like told version of the story is that Demeter is the mother of Persephone and so Demeter and Persephone were out one day they were in the fields and Persephone is you know hanging out and she like goes to the water and she basically gets engulfed by the earth by Hades and like he brings her down to the underworld and he um wants her to stay and he like basically like tricks her into eating these pomegranates that like tie him to or tie her to excuse me tie her to the underworld for the rest of her life and so she can't leave and she's stuck there and so Demeter her mother raises like absolute like just craziness and she goes to Zeus and she's like you have to bring Persephone home like I will like lose my crap like if you don't bring my daughter home as a good mother would do and Zeus is like I can't help you like that's not my domain so like Demeter like refuses like being like basically like a goddess of the earth refuses to like let the crops live like is like everything's gonna die like is in like just a state of mourning and so Zeus realizes that this can't happen because the humans are gonna die and so he's like well we got to figure out we got to work out something so then they work out this situation where for instance like six months out of the year like Persephone's in the underworld and that's the time when winter and like fall come and then spring and summer is when she's like Persephone's allowed back on earth and so it's like this like back and forth back and forth and so you hear a lot of stories where potentially like Persephone came to love him and you know she like saw him for who he was and then you have stories where she hates it there and like she wishes that she never would have eaten the pomegranates but the story's been retold basically five or six times you know not even five or six times like I like it's been retold throughout the years and so it's definitely an interesting rendition and it's kind of what inspired the maidens so I could figure out who Persephone is I could figure out who Demeter was but I couldn't figure out who Hades was because as while I was reading I was like it's not Fosca like I just do not feel like it's Fosca and I was like this dude is weird like this dude is creepy and I was like I hate him but I was like it's not him and then when I found out who Hades was I was like this makes so much sense and I didn't see it coming and so I'm not gonna tell you who they are because I don't want to like give anything away but it was it was a read man like I like it was definitely an interesting read I also like that this book was set in 
England. It was set at university. It was set at Cambridge. Um, I definitely like enjoyed reading it. I thought it was a good straightforward like read. Definitely a little dark so I would like watch out for that. Um, like I said it's definitely not YA. Like it's definitely full on adult. So like I would recommend like kind of cautioning yourself on that a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what else while I was reading this because I felt like it was such a like an interesting like in-depth read um let's see oh the stalkers in this book like the amount of like crazy men in this book I was like I don't know what's happening but I was like it's this is not healthy and like Mariana like did a poor job at handling like all of it and I was like I just do not understand I was like I cannot fathom why like things are being allowed to happen that like she should have cut in the butt I was like she's a psychologist like she knows better and like she tells herself that she knows better I also couldn't figure out like what Fosca's fascination with her wit like was and I can't figure out if it's because she suspected him or if it's because he really did like like was attracted to her so I, I don't know I go back and forth her character was really well developed all of these characters so well developed so much thought put behind it he's a great author like I severely like I think I mean it was such a good like like it was a very good read and I mean, it just takes, and I mean, you get into it absolutely immediately, but it definitely does have that darker undertone element. And I feel like that's because like it is written as Greek tragedy in a sense. And so Greek tragedy is like very dark and Greek tragedy isn't always happy. And, you know, we get stories of that when, you know, you're reading mythology or when you're reading like books inspired by like Greek tragedy. I mean, it's not, it's not great. Like it's just unfortunate so like and a lot of the time they don't have happy endings like the stories like the characters don't have happy endings so it's it's kind of a similar situation here so I think that like if you're looking for something mythology inspired you should read it um I think that if you are looking for something that's light and airy this is not this is not the book for you this book definitely has heavy undertones um, but it's definitely a very, I hate to keep using the word interesting, but that's the only way that I can describe it. It's an interesting read and I think that you'll like it. Like, I think that like, if you can stomach some of it, I think, I think that you will enjoy it. So that was the book for this week. Keep an eye out for next week's book. I will be discussing, if I get it done in time, I will be discussing Crave. I just bought it. I'm not that far in, but I need to like actually get started on it. Um, it's like definitely giving me Twilight vibes and the fact that it was like dedicated to Stephanie Meyer is like super interesting. So I'm slowly starting to kind of work my way through that. That is a potential for next week. If you guys have any other books that you would like me to read or cover, remember send that to lit.crit podcast um would love to hear from you guys and like i said earlier thank you guys so much to for getting me to 80 followers you guys are the best the bookstagram community i love you guys dearly you guys are so amazing if you guys have any questions comments would like to discuss this book further please dm me and have an amazing week Bye, everyone. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Before I say bye, I have to, like, link my playlist. I don't know what I'm doing. Literally don't know what I'm doing right now. So, playlist for this week. So, I will put those in the, um, 
in my Instagram like I normally do. So the playlists for this week were very interesting. Like I was listening to them basically like on repeat. Some of them, some of them I liked, some of them I absolutely could not stand. Um, there were a few that I like strayed away from and I got bored and I was like, I don't really see how this connects to any of the literature like at all, but it's fine. So the first one that I really like loved, I'm scrolling and looking for it as I'm talking on my podcast was, I found it was, it was just, it's entitled the maidens. The cover art is so cool. It's by Madison Sanders and it's basically, it was her read 24 of 2021 and so she has songs, like, from Lana Del Rey, Conan Gray. Like, she also has the Wombats and the Arctic Monkeys, Hoiser. Oh, my gosh. So she, like, lords. So she basically, like, has – oh, oh, my gosh. And she also has Florence and the Machines. So, like, she, like, has such, like – it's such a good playlist. So, it like, it's got songs like Achilles Come Down, Greek God, like, You're Somebody Else, like, Greek Tragedy. Like, and these are all, like, songs that connect to the literature. And, like, when I was, like, listening to it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. I didn't find any on Spotify that I really connected with. But, like, feel free to look on there, guys. There's some really cool playlists. There may be more your vibe. But for me personally, I felt like this really connected to the literature in a super, like, cool and, like, interesting way. Um, so I will link that. Go give them a listen. And I hope that everyone has an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in.